This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, this is uh, Jay Harwood. Uh, I'd like to welcome Carlos Delgado to the Amazing Mental Unlike podcast. Carlos, Number 21 is kind of special to you. You've worn it most of your career. Um, you, you know, honoring the late Roberto Clemente, do you think at some point in Major League Baseball to do what they did with Jackie Robinson and make 21 a retired number? I, I certainly hope so. I, um, I think Roberto Clemente was a great ambassador for, for the game, not only for what he did uh, on the field, but only what he did off the field, and uh, he was a he was an icon. He was an ambassador for Latino players uh, that opened some doors to come in and play in the biggest game in the world. And uh, his legacy, I think, is very important. And I think it's very important that younger players in the game recognizes that this guy, you know, died trying to help helping others. So. Um, obviously, as a, as a Puerto Rican, I hope they do. I hope they retire number 21 and that legacy uh, spread across uh, the country and the world. And uh, so more people can uh, can copy him and can, and, and because obviously he's a great role model. Carl, you, through your career, I mean, one of the, I remember reminiscing a little bit after 2006, we went to. St. Louis together, you accepted the Roberto Clemente Award for the charity work that you're, you know, you do with your foundation, which you've done since 2001, and it's especially tough now in Puerto Rico, isn't it right now, with the with the hurricane from a couple of years ago, you still do a lot of work going on, which you have to try and do to help the people. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. I mean, uh, it's been 18 years since we started uh, our, our organization, Extra Basis, and uh, I was Real flatter, real humble. Uh, in 2006, when uh, when I won the Roberto Clemente Award, and at that time I said, I don't do things to be recognized, but it's in the process. It will help me uh, uh, open some doors to continue to help other people. I will be I will be honored. And as you mentioned, uh, September of 2017, uh, we were devastated by Hurricane Maria, and. Uh, an extra basis right away was able to to start helping people, you know, bringing water, bringing food, bringing medical supplies, uh, generators, appliances, you name it, uh, to to answer and to do uh, disaster relief. So uh, uh, one good thing that happened after the hurricane, uh, the, the country really came together. A lot of them got together and brought help. To, to the people that were in need. And obviously it was a tough road, but we were able to, uh, to, to help a lot of people. Uh, still a long way to go, but we're, we're moving in the right direction. And uh, I mean, one good thing that happened to Extra Basis in the process, you know, we got, vali- we got validation by some 
institutions from outside of the United States that call and said, we want to contribute. We heard that you've done a good job, and that made us really uh, feel really good. Well, that's great. Carlos, let's talk for a couple of minutes about a former team and good friend of yours, uh, Carlos Beltran, new Mets manager. You know, when, when Carlos was named the manager, a lot of people said, hey, listen, he's never managed before. How is he going to make it in New York? And I know you have feelings about that. Why, why do you think Carlos Beltran is going to be a success as a Mets manager? You know what? Uh, we're very, very happy and very excited uh, for, for Carlos. Um, I, I, I think he's going to do great. I hope he does really, really good. Uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be a learning curve for him. I mean, obviously, he hasn't managed before. But one thing that he's got going for him you know, probably the last two, three years of his uh, playing career, he kind of assumed more of a mentorship role, both when he was with the Yankees or his last year uh, in in Houston. Uh, and he got, he got that reputation that the younger players would listen to him and he was able to share his knowledge and to kind of take the way to for younger players to, to do better. Then after that, he went to work, you know, in, in the front office. So he, he's, he's been in touch with the game. He's, he's familiar to, to the new tendencies of the game. Uh, and and as, you, as we all know, Carlos is, you know, he's kind of low-key, more on the, on the shy side. But I think he'll be a great communicator because, I mean, we, we talked about this a lot, a lot of times, that he, it was important for him as a player that the manager would communicate to him so I know that's not going to be one of his faults. He's going to talk to people. He's going to let them know what he expects from them. And uh, and obviously, you know, as, as any new manager, he's going to have a learning curve in front of him. And, uh, and I'm sure he's going to surround himself with uh, smart people, people with experience that are going to help him along the way. Yeah, I did want to say is, you know, Carlos is no stranger to New York. You know, he, he played with the Mets for seven years, was with the Yankees. He knows the media. He knows what it takes. There are other parts of the job besides managing. You have to deal with the media. So that kind of stuff is not going to be a stranger to him. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he's familiar. He's more familiar than somebody that came to New York and never been to New York before. Uh, obviously, he's going to have a big exposure. He's going to have to answer more questions. He's going to have the media scrums every day. But... He, he, he's not going to be overwhelmed by by the by the media attention that you'll see in New York on an everyday basis. So he's got he's definitely got that going for him. Cross, let's talk about your career with the Mets. You come here in 2006. You hit the the ground running. You know, 38 home runs, 114 RBIs. The Mets win uh, 97 games. You know, sweep the Dodgers in the LCS, and unfortunately. We run into the Cardinals and lose in seven games. How frustrating was that season for you? You know, as a team, you know, it looked like getting back to you know getting a World Series appearance again. You know, how frustrating was that? With that, what did that year? It was. It was definitely a, a, a bittersweet season for me. Um, sweet because it was the first opportunity that I got to be in the playoffs. Sweet because. We had a fantastic team. I think we were really, really good. And by the same token, it was sour just because we were so good and we just came up a little short to making it to the World Series. And obviously, it's disappointed. As you mentioned, you won 97 games, uh, beat the Dodgers, and, you know, 
and we, we couldn't finish the job in, in St. Louis. So uh, uh, you're so close, so, so close that you're hoping that, you know, you're wishing that you, you were able to make it. So, you know, it, it, it is disappointing, you know, but I, I try to focus on the, on the good things, the great memories that I had from that year and, and my other, other years in New York and learn from the experiences and, you know, Turn the page. In the playoffs calls, you hit over 350, you know, four home runs, 11 RBIs. You were at first base and probably one of the greatest catches in postseason history. Top of the sixth, uh, game is court, and, you know, ending catches the ball, and he, he, he doubles up, uh, you know, uh, Edmonds at first base. Did you feel, I mean, I know I did sit in the press box, that after any makes that catch, there's no way we're going to lose the game? Uh, I know. We, we kind of felt the same way, you know. I thought that we caught a break there. I mean, Andy made one of the best plays that I ever seen in my whole career. And, and that's what you play for, you know. The adrenaline in that moment is so, uh, you, you were so, you're so pumped up. Uh, and we thought that that was going to kind of turn the momentum to, uh, toward us. But you have to play 27 outs, you know. I, I'm not complaining. I was happy that I was, uh, I was able to be in, in that position. Yeah, a little disappointed that we didn't make it all the way to the end. But, you know, that's, that's, that's the game. And the next year you hit you know, 28 home runs, have another good year. But, unfortunately, we fall a game short of the of Phillies that year. And then I, it was in that year, I think, Carlos, you, 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 start, you, you hurt your hip. And that kind of uh, hurt your production a little bit. I mean, you had to, two operations, you know, so the, you know, the, you know, the, the it kind of ended up being hurt. Did you ever feel, you know, that if you had would healthy, you know, your, your, you know, your stats, you had 473 home runs, you know, over a thousand, way over a thousand RBIs. If you had been healthy at the end, do you think, you know, the 500 home runs, was that one of your goals as you got close to the end of your career? Definitely, definitely. I, I, I mean, I think there was something uh, doable. Obviously, uh, as an athlete, you never want to get hurt. You know that injuries kind of decrease your, your, your production. Something that I, I, I couldn't help, you know, like, like you mentioned, I had two surgeries. Actually, I had three surgeries, ended up having a hip replacement. Um, yeah, you know, I was, I was hoping that I could get to, you know, 500 home runs. I, I felt like I had enough in my tank to play for another couple of years. Uh, I wanted to get to 1,700 RBIs, but, you know, I guess uh, the good Lord had uh, uh, other plans for me. And uh, disappointing, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it, it, it was sad. It was sad. I, I wanted to continue to play, but it got to a point where I couldn't play anymore. The hip couldn't take that load. And uh, unfortunately, came to the end of my career. I mean, you had—I mean, a 10-year period there. You had 30 or more hundreds, or more homers, 10 years in a row. And that's really an unbelievable streak. I mean, to, to do and thank you. You know, that's something you got to be proud of too. Thank you, thank you. I, I and, I, and I was proud. I mean, I was uh, I, I was a big fan of consistency. I uh, uh, that that was kind of like my goal. You know, I wanted to have you know, good years day in and day out. I didn't want to be like a one-hit wonder. And, and I work towards that. I work every day to, to, to be consistent in my game, uh, to stay healthy to the point that, you know, I, I could go out there and, and, and produce on, a, on an everyday basis. Yeah, you, you, I, I would say that, I, uh, that that's one of the things that I'm more proud of, being able to 
to be consistent for for a long time. Carl, let me just go back to the charity one last thing. You, you know, last time we spoke, you said you were traveling in the mountains in Puerto Rico. What kind of stuff do you do to help the people? I mean, you know, when you go around, what, what kind of stuff are you doing now? Well, it's uh, we, we kind of do a little bit of everything. After Hurricane Maria, we do we we done a little bit of everything. But our main our main focus is just try to help institutions and organizations that work with kids that have been either removed from their home, they have been abandoned. Uh, the victim of uh, domestic violence, inner-city kids, after-school programs. We believe that if we give you know young people an opportunity to uh, to change their lives and make the make them have a better quality of life, I think it's great. So we we have we we've done anything from um, have make sure that these institutions have the right therapists to do their to do their work. Uh, they they have the right equipment to to do the work or their entertainment after-school after programs. Obviously, after the hurricane, it was more kind of like disaster relief. At first, it was just water, food. Then it turned the page to kind of like generator, appliances, rebuilding homes and stuff like that. So uh, it, it's been interesting. Never never a dull moment. And, uh, and, the, tough, and the, the tough part is always, you know, the fundraising. You know, we live in a small island, and you know, every trying to, every everybody's trying to get their their hands in the same cookie jar. But it's it's a challenge. But you know what? We we've been blessed. I've been blessed to be in a position where I can help others, and uh, and I just want better quality of life for for Puerto Ricans. Carlos, if somebody who listened to this broadcast wanted to help, how how could they? If they wanted to send you something for your cause, how would they? How would it, how would they do that? For sure, they can they can visit our, our, our page on the web. It's uh, extravasive.org. Uh, it's in Spanish, so it's e x t r a b a s e s dot o r g. Uh, there's information there. Uh, they can go on our Facebook 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 page in Extravasive PR, and you'll find information there. And you're free if you're generous enough. You can click on that PayPal button, say donate. And it's going to be greatly appreciated. Well, you know, Carlos, we, you know, a lot of great things that remember about you. One of the kind of cute things, you had a, a, a different way of saying hello to people. Uh, you, would, you would use the name Jimmy. And I remember that. Oh, yeah. How, how did that come about? Was that just a thing you picked up? You know, that, that, was, that was funny. That was something that we did in, uh, in, in Toronto. You know, like the clubhouse attendants, they they used to refer to Jimmy Williams. You know, they would call everybody Jimmy, and I picked it up and I just called Jimmy. You know, it's, it doesn't really make any sense. It's just funny. Yeah. It's something something that we did. I guess uh, you have to find a way to to make light uh, of the of the uh, stress and pressure that that comes with a with a with a with a baseball season. We just wanted to have a good time. And I, I remember that. Well, and it will save you if you don't have the if you don't remember the person's name. Just call him Jimmy. I'll come. I'll come up with a different name. Maybe maybe Bob I or something. You. Well, Carlos, yeah. I appreciate your time. You do great work, and hopefully, we'll get to see you in the spring at Port St. Lucie. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good talking to you. All okay. the best. Thank you for your time, Carlos. Thanks. Okay, bye, Jay. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 